You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Another week of the Screening in Kingston podcast and another guest co-host joining me is friend of show, friend of Taylor, Katie. Welcome back, Katie. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, you're you're welcome here anytime. Um, and you're not even necessarily talking about a book to movie uh, production. Like yeah. you're, you're, you're coming on just to do a regular episode. Coming on just to chat. Although I did listen to last week's where um, the fans were upset that Tyler wasn't talking about Star Trek. <laughs> yes. Was a yeah. Nervous. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I was going to bring up the exact same thing. Our fans don't like this. They like everyone being in, in their, their little circle, right? You yeah. Know? You, you come on for, for uh, movie clubs and book and movies and the fact that you're not doing that today might upset some people um but like we told them with tyler we're gonna do another movie club at some point it's gonna happen yeah you already off air told me of a potential one coming up we won't we won't go into huge detail but we can say that we might try to do one in the in the coming bit yeah in the new year in the new year there you go so people can just relax out there fans it'll be okay katie will be back in her normal circle. Um, got a lot to go over today. We've got a bunch of fan questions that for some reason are all themed to Christmas. Uh, even though it's just December now, people are really quick <laughs> on the Christmas uh, thought process there. We've I got mean, some... as soon as December 1st hits, I am with them. Yeah. So yeah. There's a lot of people who say like, as soon as November 12th hit, they're oh, ready. Like, they're just like, let's let's go into Christmas. Like, That's they're used a little... To early for me that's what i think because i guess there used to be a thing that stores until after um, remembrance day they wouldn't like do any christmas deals or that type of thing but because people do things so fast i saw like november 1st after halloween stores exchanging out all their halloween stuff for christmas stuff so i think (laughs) the bay by me had christmas stuff up in september oh no that's no, that's way too early. I'm not ready. I'm not ready by that point. I like a nice fall <laughs> before we get into that. Agreed. Um, but we are going to talk Christmas. We're going to talk about uh, a couple different things today. Um, you saw Glass Onion. I did. Knives Out Mystery. We're going to talk about the release schedule for that. That's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> I decided to binge the entire Wednesday Netflix show uh, to talk about that. Um, and there's a couple other things that I might want to talk about in terms of streaming, uh, just while I have you on, Katie, because sure. I'm trying to find people who've seen some of certain things that I decided to finally binge. And I want to see if, if, if anyone that would bring on the show, you might be my only hope as someone who's actually seen right. any of this to fill in some blanks. Your only hope, eh? Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> my only hope. Um, and then uh, we, I might have a, I saw another movie very briefly last night, or which I say briefly, I watched the whole thing, but it was very much on the cusp last night before we went to bed. I decided to rent something that's somewhat new. We, I'm only not going to mention it because if we don't have time, I'm going to save it for another week's episode. Um, so we'll see. We'll go through all that. Katie, shall we do some fan questions? Let's do it. Okay. Question number one. This comes from Akil. 
Akil is wondering, um, high screening in Kingston, whoever happens to be on this week, do you know if you'll be doing anything for Christmas this year? Are you planning on just doing repeats of previous Christmas episodes, or do you think you'll have something um, despite not having Taylor around for Christmas from Akil? Um, well, it's actually really funny, Akil, that we're going to talk about Christmas stuff because I, as I've been mapping out bringing people on, I've been trying to find opportunities with with each host to do like two episodes okay we'll do one and then we'll plan another one just so i can map out the year so i i have december mapped out and then i'm going to start looking at at january the week that we're doing for christmas like before christmas nicole's coming back on the show and she really wants to review uh the movie katie that you were going to try to review tar Um, oh okay so people are going to get tar for before Christmas. So I decided, well, I'll finally review Spirited, which is the okay. movie I saw on Apple. Yeah, the Will Ferrell, uh, Ryan <laughs> yeah. Reynolds venture. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and the, the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, holiday, holiday special. special. So yes. that that's what your Christmas episode. Tar, which is not even remotely connected. Spirited, a musical, and the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So you're welcome, because that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, That's yes, a musical I, too, so it's I know a full your, musical. Your full opinions musical, on musicals? Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, <laughs> uh, this is one one thing I will say. I I generally like the musical movies that were not on stage first, and they were trying mm. to translate it. To, usually, like the, I think some of the, my favorites have, or ones I haven't minded, have been ones that were made for movies, and okay, they didn't come from the stage first. So this one does have that advantage. That it's not on stage and they're trying to translate it, not understanding the, the material. This movie they wrote to be a movie. So a little bit different, but it's interesting. I'll save my thoughts for a couple of weeks because we're still a couple of weeks from Christmas. So I will save that. Uh, next fan question comes from Marley. Uh, And Marley says, hi, screening in Kingston. Oh, this one's more relevant. Um, I was wondering, um, no, just seeing that you're reviewing the Glass Onion movie coming up, I was wondering whether or not either of you feel you're big fans of the mystery genre on movies or if you actually prefer them in book form. I personally prefer mysteries in books. I feel like they become more immersive and more dived into it. And even if I know the mystery, I find I can go back to mystery books time and time again, though with movies, I feel like I can't. Sometimes I'll watch the movie, I'll thoroughly enjoy it, but because I know the ending, I don't necessarily revisit it. And that's from Marley. So that's kind of a book question. There you go, Katie. Wow, um, that was made for me. <laughs> take it away. Um, I think that I'm just, uh, this is such a terrible answer, but I think that they both have their merits. <laughs> I interestingly feel differently than Marley, whereas if I read a mystery book, I'll enjoy it, but then I'm I'm done with it. I'm not going to go back and read it again. Mm. Whereas with a movie, especially if it's well done, like the Knives Out movies, like I think Knives Out, the first one, is one of my most rewatched movies of all time. Really? Um, because I love, and I'm really excited to rewatch the second one because after something is revealed, it's really fun to go back and like try and pick things out. Oh, Definitely that maybe you weren't paying attention to before that you missed the first time around. And I even find when I rewatch Knives Out, like I'm noticing different new little things. Yeah. Oh, for Um, sure. So I think that mystery movies have a higher rewatchability for me, but I do also enjoy 
reading a mystery novel. Yeah. Like those are, they're page turners. You get through them so fast. You just don't want to put it down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I agree. I, I kind of am on the side with you actually, that when I, when I watch a movie and I, and I know the answer, if it's a well done movie, it doesn't matter to me. Um, if the movie is only okay and the big thing is the turn or twist or reveal, then sometimes that can ruin it for me. But a movie like Knives Out, I I think I've rewatched it a handful of times too. And I I do really enjoy it, um, even on knowing what's happening, because it is so smartly, I think, done that they they put a lot into it that could give you hints later that you only notice once you've watched it. Um, again, I've, I've read a handful of mystery books. I definitely enjoy them. It's not my go-to read. Like the, if I'm going to read something, I'm more of sort of sci-fi fantasy kind of uh, a book person. But again, some of those have mystery elements to them. And if it's well-written, I'll go back to it time and time again. I don't care if I know what happened. Um, shout out to Project Hail Mary by uh, Andy Weir. Mm. Uh, same guy who wrote The Martian. Martian great, yeah. great, great sci-fi uh, book that has a mystery as a part of it. And knowing what the mystery is does not uh, ruin the book. So there you go. That's my book shout out for that question. Uh, <laughs> next question comes from Josh the Inquisitor. Oh, hey, uh, Mike, will you be putting out a Christmas movies everyone should watch list? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Would it be on your list? That's from Josh the Inquisitor. Um, yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Um, I think any movie that has the magic and wonder of Christmas around it is a Christmas movie. Um, I think Die Hard being set at Christmas, the connection between him and the one uh, police officer has sort of a sort of a wholesome we're connecting with each other kind of vibe to it, which to me was very Christmassy. Um, so I would say yes. Um, no, we're not going to necessarily put out a list this year, but of all the new Christmassy specials and, and movies where I'm going to try to see and, and look at most of them, like that's why I'm doing Spirited. That's why I'm, I'm doing the holiday special that will kind of at least go through that. Um, we might be able to quickly provide, oh, here's some, here's some Christmas movies that we always watch every year or something like that. Um, maybe something like that, but that's about, that's about all we're, we're planning thus far. Um, but again, if fans write in and ask for something specific, we'll do it. Um, just, you know, try to write in as soon as possible because we are still on a all over the place, uh, schedule. So we kind of get to questions as we can. So just kind of write in, let us know. Um, now, Katie, have you seen Die Hard? Um, I have not seen Die Hard. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, just trust me when I say it's a Christmas movie. I believe you, and my boyfriend is adamant that it's a Christmas movie. So okay, great. Well, then, there you go. Go with it. Um, um, I do have a Christmas movie request for you guys to do, if you're looking okay. for another one. I'd yeah. love to hear your take on the Lindsay Lohan Netflix Christmas special. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I... Big return. <laughs> yeah, listen, <laughs> I saw the little preview thing on Netflix and I know knew of it and you got to understand it's, it's the lowest movie on my list of something I'd actually watch if wow. not prompted to, <laughs> like I wouldn't even remotely go to it. Uh, but yeah, I guess, I guess, uh, I guess I could review that. Um, I'm sure it's fine. If other people agree with you, if, if at least one more fan writes in Katie, then I will, I will do it. 
Okay, I got to get in touch with Nicole. Yeah, get in touch with Nicole. <laughs> Nicole's on that week, so you could just tell her to make yeah. that happen. Um, yeah, so one more fan writes in, then yes. the What's it called? Le- leaving Christmas or something? Falling for Christmas. Falling for Christmas. Oh, yeah. She loses her memory or she something. She loses her right? memory. Yeah, classic. of course. Classic hijinks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan. Haven't seen her in a while. Okay, I guess yeah. we can do that. Um, one last fan question, and that's this is from Chris. Uh Friend of the show, fan of the show, Chris, um, writes in and says, are you going to be reviewing the holiday special uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy as well as the any of the other special presentations from Marvel? Um, so, yes, Chris, I will definitely review the holiday special um, for the Christmas episode. That's, that's in two weeks. Um, in terms of the other ones, I saw Werewolf by Night. It was fine. I didn't really have much. To say. You know, it's a little half hour thing. I didn't really have much to say about it. Um, and then the only other one, I guess, would be the I Am Groot series, which Andrew did review in our Phase 4 Marvel Talk episode a couple weeks ago when we reviewed uh, Black Panther. So you can definitely get his thoughts on, on I Am Groot. I, I don't think I've watched a couple of the episodes, but I didn't watch uh, the rest of it. It was very, very much, I think, for kids. Um, but the, the Werewolf by Night, I did watch. It was fine. It wasn't anything too special. I definitely think the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is more important to the cinematic universe than the other one. Um, I'll say that as a little preview of talking about it. But yeah, my, my plans were to not do any of the other ones. I know there are a few more planned for next year. We'll see. If they're important to the universe, then then I'll mention them. And if not, then we won't. Um, there you go. That's fan questions. Some Christmassy themed. Um, we're definitely getting there. We're getting close to Christmas. Are you an early Christmas shopper, Katie, or do you wait? Yeah, I'm kind of a um, year-round Christmas shopper, if that makes any sense. Like, if I'm out and I see something that I know someone would love, I will just buy it and hold on to it. Really? And you'll, like, remember it's there? I have, like, a closet. <laughs> oh, good just, for you. Just gifts. Wow. I'm, I'm a do-it-all. I don't like shopping, even if it's for myself. So... Um, I do a, a one or two day go buy everything at once and get it done. Um, yeah, I mean, there are definitely some things that I'm missing. I have people in my life that are hard <laughs> to buy for. So our yeah. plan is to try and get most of it done tomorrow. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely it, it comes up fast, too. Like, I, I can't believe it's already December. I know. Um, it feels both too early, but also late. It's a it's a very weird year. Um, okay, we've got we've got lots of reviewing to get to, um, so let's uh, let's get into that uh, first. Uh, why don't you start start off with with Glass Onion? Let's let's hear exactly um, what what this thing is. Keeping in mind, no spoilers because maybe yes. we should talk about that first. The release yeah, schedule so for this. We can talk about yeah. yeah. So when I had initially, I really wanted to review this movie because I'm such a big fan. Mm-hmm. and um, did not realize that Netflix was doing this weird release schedule, <laughs> which blows my mind. I don't understand how it makes business sense, but whatever. Where they released it in theaters for a week. So, sorry, listeners, you can't go see it right now. you got to wait till December 23rd when it'll be on Netflix. And they're gonna re- they are going to re-release it in theaters like late December for one week because they obviously want to qualify for Oscar contention. So you have to be in theaters at, during a certain time, which technically that early release would have counted, but they're already planning another release. So now it makes even less sense as to yeah. why they're doing this. Why would they do one week 
way yeah, too Yeah, why wouldn't you just keep it in theater? Like, it did so well in theaters. I don't understand. Yeah, and the, fir- like, the first one was well-received. I, I really don't understand the release schedule for this. Um, this is actually, even though I'm not the biggest uh, Disney fan myself, when they put the Disenchanted thing only on Disney+, Plus, I was also confused. Because there's another one where the first movie I remember doing very well at the box office. So yeah. why they would put the second one not out in theaters is strange. And and this movie, yeah, that that it boggles my mind. Like they the fact that they're releasing it for one week, they're gonna have a bunch of people review and talk about it. It's a mystery. So spoilers are gonna get out there, whether yeah. it's intended to or not, and then wait two weeks for people to watch it. <laughs> like it's so strange. So listeners, you can't even watch this movie till the 23rd unless you've already seen it so we're definitely going to keep you katie to no spoilers you'll have to try without giving away anything especially because i want to see it and don't want to be spoiled so just be careful (laughs) yeah so i'll paint in very broad strokes let's let's do it so what did you think of Um, uh so i huge fan of the first Knives Out movie and maybe it's because I didn't have any expectations for it. I was just blown away. I couldn't believe mm-hmm. I was watching something so good. Mm-hmm. Um, this one also incredibly good. Very strong cast. Like the people in this movie are absolutely amazing. I just it didn't do the exact same thing for me as the first mm-hmm. one. And I think that it might have been unrealistic to expect that. Right, like um, you think that's your expectations doing that because like it's a sequel and that's kind of hard to recreate that magic. Like you, think yeah, I think so, and I think that I just have also built Ryan Johnson up in my head as like the most amazing. I put him on such a high pedestal. <laughs> like knives right. out. I'm a big Last Jedi apologist, um, so I think that he's like the perfect director. So when something isn't exactly what I want, I'm like, oh no, but. Thinking can about we, it can more we circle, and more. Can we circle back to The Last Jedi for one second? Yeah. I promise we won't stay here long. I promise. <laughs> but can we just circle that back to that for two seconds? Um, I liked The Last Jedi. I enjoyed the movie. I don't think it did anything to help where they were trying to go if they had a plan. Maybe they didn't have a plan at all. But I will say, do you apologize? I don't know how well you remember that movie. But do you apologize for the weird side quest that that Finn went on for for no reason? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> to me, that seems the most out of place thing like I've really like ever seen in a film. But okay, if you think every it works. Star Wars movie needs a cantina, and that was so <laughs> integral to the plot too, because it pointed out that there are good and bad people on both sides. Sure. I, Benicio del Toro was in that part. Yes, he was. That's true. He was a delight. And I suppose if you don't have that in, he's in it. Okay, fine, fine. That that That's fair. I just, yeah. I remember that being like the only part of the movie that I was left going, what are they doing? But the rest of it, I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed. I, almost as much as, as the first one. And then everything fell apart for the third one. Yeah, but I loved all I'm, of it because that's where you got Broom Boy. <laughs> broom Boy, yes, exactly. You, you can't have you can't have uh, Star Wars without Broom Boy. No. Um, anyway, yes, it, we can go back to uh, to to last to night. Out. But I just thought I just thought with making those comments, I thought I would stand with you and say I think it's a good movie too, except for that one section. So there you fair go. enough. You're allowed to have your opinion. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, so back to Knives Out. Um, I still think this is very good. I think that 
the social critique of this movie was better than the first one. Oh, really? The story in the first movie was better than this one. Okay. Okay. If that makes sense. Can you go into the story a little bit without revealing? I'll go into a little bit of the story. Um, So basically, what happens is there's a tech billionaire played by Edward Norton. Great. Who invites his like inner circle of disruptors to his private island for like a murder mystery. This is their like yearly thing that they do. They get together and do something extravagant every year. And this year it's a murder mystery. And then Benoit Blanc also ends up invited either on purpose or accidentally, or it was, you know, a plan of some description, but you're not really sure what's going on. Mm, Okay. Interesting. It is interesting like okay without telling me just give me an answer without telling me exactly what happens do they do they make it somewhat reasonable as to why he would be there like does uh, he yeah. know this does he okay yeah i don't want to give too much away because it is part of like the story why he ends okay. up there okay that's that's fine but so long as they make it make sense that was the only thing from the trailers I got that similar sense of you haven't revealed anything to me that i didn't get from the trailers but that i kept thinking like why is he here like, unless well, I you think know... you are supposed to be guessing as well. Okay, okay gotcha. All right, that's part of it. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, so what is wild to me is that this movie, because it premiered at TIFF, so that was back in September. So it would have wrapped production must much before then. I don't know the timeline of movies. But Edward Norton is basically playing Elon Musk. <laughs> And being on Twitter the past little while and then watching this movie, I was like, wow, is, is Ryan Johnson a prophet? <laughs> well, I mean, I will say even like editing and post-production takes a long time, but they would have stopped shooting well before, like probably yeah, a year. Before, so that's like, that would be way in advance. But again, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like just like when the Simpsons get things right, I think if you make enough jokes you're eventually going to land on something. And I think if he plays into that persona of Elon Musk, you can eventually predict some of the crazy things he's going to do. Like yeah. How accurate are we talking here? Does he say things that Elon Musk has tweeted like to that level? Are we, are we at that point? Like, like yeah, kind of, but again, yeah, also he's a genius. <laughs> yeah. Like tech, tech jargon, tech billionaires, they all kind of speak the same way, right? Like they keep, he keeps using disruptor as a word, which was one of like the best jokes. Yeah. Throughout the movie, I think. Um, and yeah, like Elon loves to talk about being a disruptor. Oh, yes. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And so now I'm, I was watching it and I was like, oh, yeah, Edward Norton could play Elon Musk in like the inevitable biopic. Oh, yeah. I and mean, you know that's going to happen. Series about Elon's takeover of Twitter. Yeah. Which possibly will happen while it's still going on because that's what I've noticed is when something happens within recent years, people jump to make a movie. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. I honestly, honestly think that that She Said movie is a bit early. Like, it's a bit soon that right. we're already getting a Weinstein movie. That's without seeing it. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure it looks good. I'm sure it's good. Um, but it just seems a little early. I feel like we're going to get an Elon Musk Twitter movie in the next five years. Someone's oh, yeah, already bought I, the book. We're I'm, definitely going to sure. get a crypto, the FTX guy. Crypto oh, movie. that's going to happen. Absolutely. You're going to get that. Get. I, I don't know who, who you'll have play him, but... Yeah, I definitely think Edward Norton for Elon Musk, even without seeing this movie, I'm already on board yeah. for that because I feel like it could work. 
Yeah. And so there's going to be a third Knives Out movie. And my prediction that it's going to be about crypto somehow. Oh, it, they're, they, they're for, certain, for sure going to make a third one? Yeah, this was part of Netflix's deal with Ryan Johnson is that I think it was a two movie deal. Interesting. That's as really well as a series, maybe? Oh, the series. Huh. I, but the series isn't a Benoit Blanc series. I think it's going to be with Natasha Leone, but also like a mystery series. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. This well, is just I'm, what Ryan Johnson does now, and I like it. Hey, I'm I'm on board for it. I liked I liked the first one, and I mean, so far your review's positive for for the second one. So I mean, I'm not against it. Yeah, <laughs> I think that the casting in this movie, much like the first movie's casting was perfect, this movie was cast very perfectly. Um, I went in unsure about Kate Hudson, mm-hmm. just because I find that she works really well for some things, and in others, I'm like I can't really get behind. But in this movie, she works really well as the character she's playing. So that yeah. was a relief and loved it. How was, um, uh, I always want to know about uh, Dave Batista. Yeah, he plays, um, he plays kind of like a, a men's rights activist. A men's rights activist? Yeah. And Oh, what? is this new to you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What, was this a thing? Oh, yeah, like M- MRA, Community Men's Rights Activists. It's kind of like borderline incel guys. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just confused. I'm sure I know this isn't your thing, but I'm just confused. What what rights do men not have? Well, I, I mean, I just think that this is the overarching term for a lot of men who hold misogynistic and patriarchal oh. opinions. And who okay. feel as though you know we're we're too woke, I guess. But this is a you're saying this is a real thing. It wasn't invented for the movie, like this no, no, no. This is a real thing. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you can look into it. I don't think I'm doing a very good job of explaining oh, it, just because no, no. I don't want to. Um, That's totally get fine. I'm, I don't know. I'm I'm writing it down. <laughs> I'm I will research. It's on me to research this stuff. I'm just I'm I've never heard that term, uh, and didn't know oh, what yeah. that was. That's, wow. Okay. Writing that down, but anyway, back to the movie. Dave Bautista's good. <laughs> he does. Yeah, a good he's job. good. He's 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 kind of like this um, swaggering, you know, macho guy who has a Twitch channel. Okay, of course, <laughs> Twitch. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I mean that, that. I I'm glad to hear you say that. Those were the probably the two Kate Hudson and, and Dave Bautista I was most worried about because. I do think that supporting cast, like the whole ensemble of Knives Out is what made that movie so perfect. All the yeah. different personalities. So it's good to hear that they were able to recreate at least some of that magic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and just going back, like Dave Bautista having a Twitch channel, it's those little details that are just so finely tuned that make this movie, you know, I'm not, again, without spoiling anything, Catherine Hahn's character at one point, she has a TED radio hour, like NPR tote bag. Mm. And it's just like, oh yeah, you know exactly who that person is. Right, right. Those little subtle things yeah. that let you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's um, good. And and what did you feel like with, with in terms of the cast and how it all kind of worked in there, as things unfolded, did things start to get as unhinged with some of the characters? Again, that's just I'm just thinking of what did I like about Knives Out was seeing some of the threads come undone and some of the characters who are like, oh, you think they're kind of like this or they're clearly putting on an act of being nice and then like the, the teeth come out and everyone kind of gets in at each other's throats. Yeah. I think that um, 
if this is the first, because again, you don't have to have seen the first Knives Out movie, mm. right? Like this is an anthology right. series. This this could be a standalone movie. So I think that if you hadn't seen the first one, you might feel that way about some of the characters. But if you have this idea of what happened in the first movie, where the characters present themselves as one way and then turn out, you know, start to reveal parts of themselves, you're kind of already looking for that in the characters. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Yeah, so like, the Catherine Hahn character, for example, again, this is stuff that's revealed within the first like two minutes of the movie. So I don't think it's a huge spoiler. She plays a congresswoman mm. and she plays like a liberal congresswoman. But while you're watching that, you're like, okay, so I feel like I know where this character is going. Yeah, you can just sort of see that. You can see where that's going to go, which which can be fun, too. Like it's fun. Even if even if they don't mess with your expectations, you can see the the thread go through. And that's like a lot of fun. To, to yeah, that, so. it's also um, there is a lot of pandemic humor in it. They address the pandemic. They don't pretend that it's not oh. like the it's happening in the world that they're in. So oh, okay. there are a lot of pandemic jokes, which it's probably the first piece of media I've seen that's like addressed it, moved past it. It was fine. There was a movie about making a movie during the pandemic. There was oh, really? like a comedy movie. Yeah, it was like a really it was a Judd Apatow Netflix movie. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but they were like making some sequel to some famous movie from before and everyone's coming back to do the sequel, but they have to go to this remote area. And it it starts out as a comedy, but actually as you go through it, I think it even might be, be a short series. Now that I'm talking about it. I don't remember if it's a movie or a short, short series. But as you kind of go through, everyone starts to like, un, like completely unwind. Like they become, they become like completely obsessed with certain things and you could tell like their mental health takes a hit like it actually takes a dark turn but starts off like as a straight up comedy like this is hilarious they're going to this thing um and everyone's like karen gillen's in it and a bunch of other people and it just ends up becoming this horrific thing of these actors trying to put on this um this movie while doing covid protocol while dealing with all of it and it becomes this whole uh, mess of a thing so that's that's the only thing i've seen that directly again it was too early it was too soon because i think this came out last year interesting <laughs> very very quick i totally missed my not on my radar at all i'll have to look into it I, yeah i think it's a look into netflix i'm pretty sure it was judd apatow, judd apatow either yeah, series like or show and it was on netflix and i i do remember last year watching it um and enjoying parts of it like i don't think it was the best thing ever but it was somewhat enjoyable all right. Um, yeah, I don't think I have much else to say just because I don't want to give anything away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a see it from me or a stream it, I guess, because it's going to be on streaming. Well, to, I mean, the question is that we come down to is, is this worth when it comes to theaters going out and seeing in theaters or is it better to just watch it at home? I mean... It's one of those movies where I don't think a big screen, it's not like a Marvel movie where I think the big screen does anything for it. Um, but it is kind of fun to watch with a community of people. So I would say either see it in theaters or, you know, if you're with your family or friends at Christmas or you're with a group of people and just want to throw on a fun murder mystery that everyone can enjoy, I would say do that. Okay, well, then it sounds like a stream it. Uh, you and Taylor just don't like giving me the straight answer. This is nice. You you you've given me a bit of Taylor today. 
um, where I oh, try to get a rating <laughs> out of you. And I don't like giving a straight answer. Yeah, I know. That's fine. But I'm putting you down for a stream. It. Um, there you go. <laughs> so that's, um, uh, that's uh, Glass Onion and Knives Out mystery um okay talking about some streaming stuff i want to review wednesday and then i'll do that first so we don't run out of time and then katie i'm gonna i'm gonna just uh talk to you a little bit about some streaming stuff i finally caught up on that i think everyone in the world's watched but me and taylor and most of the guests we bring on but i think you you're you're part of the world um so you've probably watched it Um, but i want to talk about wednesday first so wednesday is a tv series uh based on the adams family that centers around Wednesday Adams going to a special school called Nevermore, which was founded by, um, oh, now I'm going to, I had his name right in front of me, um, Edgar Allan Poe for a school for outcasts. So the idea of, this is basically Katie Harry Potter, but right. it's, it's instead of wizards and witches, they're called themselves outcasts. And instead of Hogwarts, it's Nevermore. And instead of Harry Potter, the story revolves around Wednesday Adams. Awesome. Um, but I got to tell you, this is exactly like Harry Potter. Oh, my goodness. And it was one of the things that kept me watching. Like, I, I watched the first episode of this and was like, that's kind of interesting. Waited for a couple of days, continued to think about it, and was like, this is kind of like getting a Hogwarts series the way they presented it. So then I streamed the rest of the episodes and just binged it and was not disappointed. It was such a delightful series. Um, it was created by the two creators of Smallville. So that already, I loved Smallville. Um, so that already was was kind of what drew me in. And a couple episodes are directed by Tim Burton and his kind of feeling are, are all over the series, but good Tim Burton, really good Tim Burton. Um, and the series basically is about Wednesday going to this school of outcasts where they there's some sort of mystery to solve. So it kind of fits into the mystery theme as well. She, she, she gets visions. That's kind of what happens with her when she makes physical contact with an object that's of some sort of importance or significance or a person, she can see a significant event in their life happen. So she starts to see these visions that are all connected, which has never happened in her life. And now it's about her trying to solve this mystery while also getting uh, equipped in a school. And if people know who Wednesday Adams is, she's like socially like inept. She just doesn't care. She's not. She's very dark, very distant, very closed off. But she also doesn't care um, and is very kind of um, no emotions. Uh, which makes for a lot of fun humor um, within the show. And that's basically what happens. So the school is what's most interesting to me. So the one thing they did really well is they built this really interesting world that I would not mind going back to for several seasons to have different mysteries and different things unfold. Again, if they, if I think they lean into, this is a school with a lot of interesting history, with a lot of interesting mystery and all the students and where they come from is interesting. So the different types of people you get at the school, like they have, they have like, they explain this at the beginning because a girl kind of shows her around. There's basically four like cliques that are part of the school. So you've got your, your vampires, obviously you've got your werewolves again, obviously, if you're going to have vampires, you're going to have werewolves. You've got sirens, which are basically people who, who can control you with their siren song. Right. Um, And then you've got what they at the beginning called stoners 
And I thought, oh, well, that's kind of a cop-out. Like, you just have people who are druggies. No, they're Medusas. And they're called stoners because they turn people to stone. stone. (laughs) Yeah, and it took me several episodes to realize that that's why they were called them stoners. Um, And it's... all of them, male, female, doesn't matter. They all have to wear like hats or things to cover up their hair. Like kind of hipster beanie things um, is kind of what they're wearing. So they kind of look like stoners too. But the minute they take that off, the, their hair is all snakes. And right. they can they can turn people to stone. Not only lasts a couple hours, but that's like one of the things they have to do. So those are the four kind of main groups in there. But then you also have people like Wednesday who have some random ability. Like some kid can control bees um another kid is like connected psychically to things and can draw things that he dreams and has some sort of psychic connection to what's going on like so there's there's different things as well um but you kind of have your four main groups um at plus kind of people who have random abilities here and there there's even like a competition between dorms at one point in time which was very harry potter-ish um which i liked and again that's what i really liked about the series when they were in the school and when Wednesday was trying to solve this mystery while being in the school, there's even a little village that's like next to the school that's all like or a little bit down the road. And they're all kind of like, oh, the school's weird. Like it's kind of a cool connection there. You kind of get people they call normies um, who are trying to figure out what the heck's going on at the school, which is kind of interesting. But when, when they were building the world, this series did a great job and it made it interesting and made it dynamic. It was pretty well acted for the most part, but I'll talk about that in a second. Um, and if you're if you're a Harry Potter fan like me, and you're a fan of it because of this rich world they build, like if you're the type of person who reads the Harry Potter books and gets really excited on the day-to-day life, like when the Voldemort stuff's not happening, and you're like, oh, they're going to class now, and there's this mystery, or they're going to find this thing, or whatever, the first like couple books, and, and as they get into it, you're going to love this series. Because there's a lot of that in it, of discovering the, this world. If you're an Adams Family fan, like, I think they've got enough of that stuff in there. But it is a little bit different. Like, they are expanding the world quite a bit. But I thoroughly enjoyed this without thinking I was going to. This is a complete surprise to me that it went so well. So definitely uh, the Wednesday series. I, I'm going to highly recommend it. I'm going to give it a see it because I think it's a real fun series to watch. Um, and it, to me, if, if what I'm kind of saying interests you, I think that it's, it's worth, uh, worth a a watch. The one thing I'll say, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, that's really good to hear because I, uh, well, first off, a magical school is one of my favorite things that could appear Mm -hmm. in literature or television. And I did not know that Wednesday was about that. So I'm going to put that up on my list. There's so much TV right now, but I, there is a lot of TV. Yeah, because Nevermore is very much like Hogwarts. And I was thinking a lot that this is the Hogwarts series they need to do. Like they need to stop the Fantastic Beast movies and they need to make an eight episode or 10 episode Netflix series that's just about Hogwarts. Maybe there's no one from Harry Potter in it. You could continue the story forward. You could go back further, whatever you want to do. But I think this is a really good model for that type of thing. Because the mystery that Wednesday is trying to unfold, the school's involved in it, there's a good way to connect. Like it, This is a really good lesson for writing in here's a way to keep a, th- a, a story going from, from A to Z. At the beginning, there's a mystery and we got to solve it by the last episode. While in the middle, building the world and having side adventures that all connect within it, that give reasons for it. 
So I, I really do think if that sounds like something you're into, you would like this series. Yeah, awesome. Um, the one thing I will say, my only real knock against it was some of the younger actors were not great. There's a couple who are excellent. And then there's a few of them that I just thought were poorly cast. And it's tough. It's tough. with. I mean, Taylor and I talk about this a lot when it comes to like kid actors and child actors and what, what they'll become. Um, some, some of these, I mean, most of them are teenagers. Um, some of them might be in their early 20s playing teens. Um, but some of them also look quite young. So they, some of them work very, very well. And it's a pretty good cast overall. But there's one or two that are not great and every time they speak it kind of took me out of it a little bit we're like oh you're not as good as everyone else like you can just tell um with that being said jenna ortega who plays wednesday is absolutely brilliant excellent very well cast gwendolyn christie plays the principal um who and she she's great you can tell she's having a lot of fun with it she's excellent um and I know there's been, I was reading that there's been some issue with the casting of Louise Guzman as Gomez Adams. I got to tell you, it's absolutely perfect. Okay. Yeah. I saw the critique of it. I didn't really buy it. It's um, it, most people are comparing it to the previous movie. Louise Guzman looks nothing like the Gomez Adams in the movies, but yeah, he looks whatever. exactly like the comic book. Yeah, Gomez I, Adams. Exactly. Like the comic book. <laughs> I know. I saw people complain that he wasn't attractive enough to play Gomez. And I was like, oh, they're missing the point of Gomez. Yes. And and he's, when I think Gomez Adams, I'm sorry, Luis Guzman is at the top of my list. Like that, that to me, that's exactly who Gomez is. Like over the top, overly emotional, loves his wife. Yeah, like his absolute his wife. That's what but it's like. Right. Yes. And loves his children. And like, you can just, like, he's so happy and bright and joyous, but also like too, too much. And right. that's, and Luis Guzman was perfect. I don't care what anyone says. He was perfect for this role in, in every way. I, I, I highly believe that. Like, honestly, Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia, I would have slightly more issues with than Luis Guzman. Like, they were both very good. But if I had to choose one, I still wouldn't choose Luis Guzman. Like, I, I think he worked perfectly. And the chemistry that him and Catherine Zeta-Jones have, perfect. They were excellent as a pair. In, in this. Um, and you get to see a little bit about their history as well, because um, they both went to the school. So you kind of learn a little bit about their time at the school as well, which oh, was great. really nice to see. Now, yeah, the Adams family is a much smaller role. Like really Wednesday and Thing are the only ones who are in most of it. The right. rest of the family kind of comes in and out here and there. But I think that was a wise choice. Yeah, because I, it's called Wednesday. It's called Wednesday. You don't want her to be overshadowed. And you want to set her up for an adventure that could go on to multiple seasons. And I feel like they did a good job with that. Cool. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, definitely check it out Wednesday. It's definitely a see it for me. Um, Now, I wanted to quickly talk about streaming because I recently finally, finally binged some, some streaming shows that other people have been talking about forever. And I know I'm late too. So... Here's, here's my list of things that I, I got to, and I'll explain how far I got. But you can tell me, Katie, if you've seen these or okay. any of it. So then we can discuss it a little bit. So I finally watched uh, some of The Crown. Okay. And I finally watched um, Downton Abbey. Okay. Um, I finally 
went and actually sat down and watched more New Girl because that was something that I had never uh, got to. Okay. Uh, and and really randomly, Girl Meets World. So of oh, those okay. four, did, did have you watched any of those? <laughs> so I've watched bits of all of them. Okay. The Crown, I'm a huge fan of The Crown. So I have watched all of it. And then when the new season came out, I have not started the new season yet because I'm rewatching from the beginning. Gotcha. Downton Abbey, I've seen all of it. Um, New Girl, I've seen episodes here and there. Same with Girl Meets World. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's start then with, with, uh, with The Crown and Downton Abbey. So The Crown, um, I've watched all of it. (laughs) Including. Okay. Including the new season. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. When I get down a binge hole, I get down a binge hole. Now, now for me, again, I've talked about it on the show before and no offense, but I could care less about the, these people. Like I, I could care less about the monarchy. I could care less about them as individuals. I, I never cared about this kind of stuff. It's the same way as reason why I didn't watch Down Nabby. Like I don't care if you're upset because someone's coming to dinner. Like that's not to me. That's not entertainment. However, notably that, the plot of every Downton Abbey episode. But, yes, yeah, which we'll get to. We'll talk about Downton Abbey. But the Crown, I, I was curious for a couple reasons. One, people have been talking about the Crown forever. Um, and, uh, specifically when people were recommending it to me, they're like, oh yeah, but you got, you got to see John Lithgow. He's in it. And I'm like, okay, but like, <laughs> that's fine. That's one element. Uh, I like John Lithgow, but you know, whatever. Um, I was surprised. Uh, I think, I think I liked the first two seasons a lot. Yeah. And I've been okay with the rest of it, but less interested because I think I really liked the actors in the first two seasons. Um, like Matt Smith, uh, Matt Smith as Philip is just, yeah, like he's really good. Yeah. He, like his, even like with the accent and, and just the way that he stands a lot. And like, I don't know, it's weird what he does with his, like his head position almost. Yes. And if you look at photos of Philip, that's how he's standing. Yeah. I was, cause I was wondering, they, they do such a good job in this show of matching the, the people they cast to the real people. Um, because talk about a show that's like somewhat too soon, but I guess not. But basically this, this story goes all the way through from the end of World War II till I guess the 90s is the, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know exactly when they're stopping. I know it's planned yeah. to stop before like Harry and Kate and Megan and. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, William I, and Kate, Megan and Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's where you start to lose me. I don't know who those people are, but anyway. Um, oh, really? <laughs> no, no, I have no idea. I don't, honestly, I don't even, I didn't even really know who Princess Diana was. Wow, um, living under a rock. But like uh, when I saw Spencer, I remember being like, I don't know any, like I just had no connection to any of this. Um, but what I will say is that the crown does a very good job of holding your attention, yeah. which is something that is a mark of just a well done show. So this is a topic I don't even care about. Still, I don't care about. You're not going to find me reading stuff about the, the monarchy, the kings and queens and princesses and stuff. I'm not going to start pay, suddenly paying attention to it. But that show does a way better job than I expected. Like I really underestimated the storytelling of it because the acting's incredible, like across the board, even though seasons three and four aren't my favorites, like one and two are my favorites, that still the actors they got were still really good. Like Olivia Coleman was excellent. Yeah. Um, I, I loved, I wrote down a bunch of things that I really loved. I loved uh, Philip meeting with the astronauts yeah, uh, that's a great episode. 
that's really funny. That was really, really good. Um, I also wrote down um, that I really liked when uh, uh, the Kennedys visited um, the the palace. This would have been in like I think the second season. Yeah. Um, and the queen, the queen like dances with some leader in Africa, and everyone like loses their mind. Yeah. Things like that I find really funny. Like these little things that that like are not proper or you shouldn't do or like are going to cause some sort of political problem. And then when they happen, it's like really funny to me. Um, so that that's another highlight. I was just like writing that. Like what are things that were highlights for me? Um, and Matt Smith was one. Those two specific episodes uh, jumped out at me for sure. Um, I thought it was very interesting how they basically every two years change the cast. Yep, because they want to move through time. Yeah, that was very interesting. Like, I thought they did a good job with that. Like, it's some, so you, you're caught clearly, you love the crown. You're probably more connected to these things. Did they do a good job? Like, or did you like all the casting choices they've made? Yeah, so I'll caveat this. I am also like you, where I do not. Okay, so it's not that I don't care about the monarchy, I do not think that they should exist. Mm. Um, I'm very much in the abolish the monarchy camp. Um, but. I love history mm. and you cannot deny that the queen like Queen Elizabeth has been such a prominent figure in history. And so when I watched the crown, I kind of wish there was a bit more focus on like the other stuff happening in England because that's yeah. what I care about. But yeah. I also understand that the show is called the crown. So it's going to focus on her. And yeah. so yeah. my favorite episodes are similarly things that are based on, things that took place in history. Like I loved in the first two seasons, I love anytime that Edward shows up. He's such an interesting character and his yes. education caused this whole oh, yeah. crisis. And, you know, and talk everyone, about a great acting job. Like that oh, actor yeah. is knocking and it out of the park. Just like the pearl clutching that happens whenever he shows up, but then they, you know, there's so much sympathy for him, but then they're like, oh yeah, but he was a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe, I didn't actually know that. I Like that's a part of the history I didn't know. Cause again, I didn't pay attention. As well. yeah, so as they were revealing stuff of him, I was like, whoa. That's <laughs> part of the history that I am really interested in and have spent a lot of time like reading about. Um, just the abdication crisis in general and him and Wallace and their weird relationship with prominent figures of the Nazi party. I find it very fascinating. Um, so I loved those episodes that kind of delved into what was actually going on during the war. And I kind of wish they did a bit more flashbacks to actual things happening during World War II. Um, like you, I find it always really interesting when Elizabeth is going on a tour of the empire and putting yeah. quotes, you know, yeah. basically to try to convince these countries to stay as part of the empire and like put yeah. down rebellions and revolutions. And it's, there is kind of a weird thing where I'm watching the show and I'm watching these people and then I have to be like, but this is what they're doing is wrong. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. And it, it is hard. Like there's, there's obviously that side of it. And I no, like, I agree with you. Some of the most interesting episodes were those episodes. Yeah. Like, e even though regardless of like what I believe, or, like I don't get monarchies. I don't understand it. I still don't get it. I don't get the point, but watching the show, they, it was, they make it compelling. Like then going on this tour, it becomes this it big compelling. thing. Yeah. Like they do, yeah. like they make it a thing. Um, but anyway, that, yeah. that was my quick th thoughts on the crown. I did actually very much enjoy uh, binging through the crown having never got there, never watched it, uh, finally doing that. Um, okay, I want to I talk about Downton Abbey, okay. okay? I hate Downton Abbey so much 
But you so much. But I'm all I can. I can't put it down, Katie. It's terrible. <laughs> like I'm having a problem here. So when I saw the I saw the Downton Abbey New Era movie, and yep. was surprised at how entertaining it was. But the what I liked about that movie were the things that were not the drama around the household and whatever story that was. I liked the they were showing us the early times of film and trying to get this film done at at Downton and the changing time in history. Like again, the historical side of it. So I went and watched the Downton Abbey pilot just to think, well, now I'll just see what it was like. And I didn't really enjoy it, but I thought like, oh, like this is kind of, I could see why people like this. I could see why it's interesting enough. This past week, I decided, you know what? I'm going to go back and watch like the the next episode. I don't need to rewatch the pilot, but I'm going to watch the second episode and just see how it goes. I'm now near the end of season two. Okay, so you're not <laughs> finished. No, I'm not finished. No, 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 I'm not finished. I know, no, no, I'm not finished. But um, I, <laughs> okay, so this is the two things, I wanted to bring up two things that happened. One, first season was kind of chugging along and I kind of was like, oh, like whatever, whoever's going to inherit this Abbey, like who cares? Then at the end of the first season, they're like, oh, now we're going to war. And I, <laughs> I, I, I was shocked, first of all. I lost track of where we were in time. Like, I didn't yeah. realize we were right before World War One. And the fact that, that that made me go, well, maybe, okay, I'll watch the first episode of the second season. Obviously, they're going to skip the war. And now this is the fallout. The second season's almost, so far, I'm, I'm like six episodes in. They're still in the war. Yeah, the second <laughs> like, season is... All wartime, I believe. And I think even it might go into the third. Don't quote me on that, but it, okay. lasts, a, it lasts a while. But those, it I seems, think, are the most interesting. That's the yes. most interesting period of the show to me. Yeah, it seems like, like timeline-wise, it seems like it's coming to the end. Just because they were quoting certain battles and stuff that I know right. were near the end. So it seems like we're getting there. But I I hate how much I keep going back to this show. And the second fun point that I want to point out is I... So this is slight spoilers to to episode, but this is season two, and I'm sure most people who care have already watched it. Um, when when one of the soldiers um, claims to be the lost heir who 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 died on the Titanic in the first episode, right. do you remember this? So there was a soldier yep. who's like, "No, I'm Patrick," or whatever his name is, yeah. and I actually caught myself thinking, "Oh no, what's going to happen with Matthew?" <laughs> And I hated myself. I, I actually had to pause it and sit and like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you so invested in their stupid lives? Yeah, I, I did this. Yeah. I did the I same know. thing. The same thing that I said I wasn't going to do that I don't like where I'm like, I don't care if the cart rates are coming for dinner and it upsets your plan or whatever. And like, that's some of the storylines like, oh, this person's coming to dinner. What are we going to do? We don't have enough footmen. But I actually got sucked into it where I'm like, well, what's going to happen? Like, <laughs> how's this going to affect these people um i hate honestly katie i hate it and yet i'm probably going to finish it yeah because would, again compelling stories right it, it definitely drops off and gets less interesting you're at okay. like i would say season two season three even season four kind of like peak um, that's what i've heard i've heard that that's like the best it's i feel i feel similar to you where it so i watched it years ago and then i recently did a rewatch because it is a good like kind of comfort viewing because I do think the stakes are so small. It's like, it oh is, no, yeah, this rich stakes, person yeah. might not get what they want. 
you know, or it's like, why do we care so much about preserving the Abbey? And they talk so much about how it's a pillar of the community and they employ all these people. And it's like, okay, this is really just feudalism persisting. Like, yeah. Like what do you, and all I keep asking is what do you do though? Like, (laughs) well, these people are sure, but what do you, how do you make money? I know. And again, like Julian (laughs) fellows who created the show, his um, politics, I don't necessarily agree with. He's a member of the house of Lords. So he holds very con- traditionally conservative um, yeah. economic and social values. So, you know, you take the show as what it is. Um, but um, Yeah, I, I definitely, you definitely have to take the show for what it is. And I can definitely see that. And I definitely still, I still in real life don't care about those little problems. I just, I was a little shocked at how well this show that I've kind of, been avoiding and been against for so long saying like, this is not, this is not my idea of television could captivate me in such a way that I actually was worried for one minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which they I think do, is funny. Also the thing about Downton Abbey that's nice is that they do like upstairs, downstairs kind of stuff. And yes. Yeah. Know, like I found myself really drawn to, um, you know, like Mrs. Jon Snow in the first season. <laughs> Yes, I, and I actually think that's where that's where the show shines. Is, yeah, is the, I will in, in warn terms you if you're of the up keep, and down. Yeah, if you're going to keep watching that Anna Bates storyline, is one of the most frustrating things ever. Bates? There are times where I like fast forward oh, through those scenes, but yeah. uh, it is getting a little. There. It is getting a little dramatic. Oh, I like Bates, but wait. it is getting a little. Bates isn't my favorite though. I like uh, I like um, Sybil and um, uh, Irishman. Whose name I can't remember. Tom Branson. <laughs> yeah, Branson, Branson, and Sybil and their stuff. That's more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, them kind of dealing with their own, like the changing world and how that's impacting them, like that kind of stuff. And the history and the war has been interesting. Um, but yeah, that's that's been more where I'm interested. Um, we've got to get to your quiz here. All this right. Is what we do? We got to do these three questions. Here we go. Question number one, Katie. Who plays Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind? Uh, Vivian Lee. Correct. The blockbuster iRobot is based on a book by which author? Oh my goodness. I should probably know this. Oh. Um, let's think. Say science fiction writer. Mm-hmm. Was it was it Isaac Asimov? It is. Wow. <laughs> you got that. You pulled that out. Last question. Okay. Which is the only movie for which Humphrey Bogart won an Oscar? Ooh. Um, Casablanca? The African Queen. Oh, okay. No, I wouldn't have gotten that. I actually knew that one. That was that one I actually knew. Um, Katie, thank you so much. Uh, you, you did a great job this episode, even though you were outside of your comfort zone that people don't think you have. Um, everyone likes to paint you in a zone yeah. of books, but, uh, yeah, you, uh, you, you like Tyler, you're able to do multiple things. Yes, so. I contain multiple yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining me this week, Katie. It was Thanks, really Mike. a pleasure having you. Um, thank you everyone for listening this week. You will get another new episode next week. It's a really special one from me and Tyler. And those of you who complained last time, you're going to like this. So tune in next week. Um, and as Taylor always says, Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.